We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation. We have a special edition of Knicks Fan TV. It is our Game of the Week preview. The Knicks will be at home hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves as we wrap up the regular season. And joining us today, uh, we had him on the show just a couple of years ago. We had a great conversation and happy to have him back on. He covers the Minnesota Timberwolves for The Athletic, and that is John Krasinski. John, welcome back to Knicks Fan TV, man. Happy to have you back on. Hey, good to be back, CP. Nice to see you. How's everything? Absolutely. Well, good so far because yeah, of 41 and there, 30. Right? <laughs> yeah, 41 and 30. Uh, this Knicks team is, is primed for a playoff push, and, and there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm around the fan base. What, what's been your overall um, view on, on where things are with the Knicks right now? Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting to watch from afar. I, I've obviously kept really close t- uh, tabs on it with Tibbs being there and, and everything, and it was – Sounded pretty dicey early in the season. I could be a lot of hand ringing, a lot of uh, questions about whether Tibbs was going to stay or go and all those things. And I'll be honest with you, while I watched that early on, I, I kind of was scratching my head a little bit because yeah, I, I didn't really see a team that was overwhelmingly talented um, underperforming, which is often what you see when coaches really get uh, the on the hot seat. But what I did know during that time is that when Tom Thibodeau is in a little trouble, it's when he digs in harder and deeper and and just really commits to the work. And uh, to see them sort of come over to the other side the way that they have is not really all that surprising to me. Um, I I think that it, it feels like a team that fits his personality and his personality fits them. And... After some rocky moments and certainly a, a bad year last year, it looks like they found themselves, you know, with Tibbs and Jalen Brunson and all of that. And so um, to see it come to to fruition like this, it feels just like a Tibbs team uh, just just getting into the fight and swinging. And, uh, and and so from that aspect of things, I'm not overly surprised that they are where they are right now. He's he's done a good job and and they're playing well. 
Yeah, and as you mentioned, when 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 his back is against the wall, he seems to dig in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it, it's ironic in that, you know, in our last conversation, we talked about this was two years ago when, when they first hired him. We talked about his proclivity to playing veteran players and and trusting those players and you know, giving his younger guys some some leeway, but in in select situations, in, in spot minutes. But this year, early December, there were reports, uh your own Rice from Fox Sports had reported that. Thibodeau relayed to a friend that he thought he might might get fired because of their struggles and they had some embarrassing losses there. And on December 4th, he makes a change to the rotation. He shortens it to nine players. He he doesn't go to Derrick Rose. He doesn't go to Fournier. Fournier was taken out of the starting lineup for for Quentin Grimes as soon as Grimes got got healthy. But he goes within Miles McBride. From that point, they go on an eight-game winning streak. And since then, they're 31 and 17. They have the third best offense in the league and things seem to be, seem to be working, man. And and a lot of it is from his younger players. There's, there's no 40, there's no Rose. Obviously the hard acquisition was great and Brunson and, and Randall have been propelling this team, but this has been, you know, inspired by the youth primarily. Yeah. And I, and I think like that shows a little bit of growth on his part, or maybe just a recognition of something had to change. You know, I, I, I can, I think I really relayed the last time I was on, but when Tom Thibodeau's teams are not doing well and he is being asked a lot about, hey, do you think about changing things? Uh, he has a, a tried and true answer. And he says, you know, when when you consider making changes, you think of two things. You think, um, are they doing it hard enough and are they executing properly? And yeah, if your answer yeah. to either of those questions is no, you keep doing with what you're doing. So maybe there was a realization at some point that, hey, this team is playing hard. They are executing it as well as they possibly can, and it's still not working, so I do have to make changes. And for a for a coach who believes in his approach and his system uh, as much as Tibbs does, to make that change is significant, uh, especially with how much loyalty that he has for guys like Derrick Rose. I mean, that those two have been through so many fires together so I would imagine it hasn't been easy. Now, Derek's had a few health issues and yeah. Fournier just has not, did not play well. And so sort of the writing was on the wall, but, um, but it, it did take some real recognition from Tibbs that something had to change and he made those changes. That's a credit to him. And then a credit to the young guys for taking advantage of the opportunities, because once you get them, you got to go and you got to, and you got to make the most of it. And I think Grimes and McBride have really been key there. But I mean, the real thing, like Josh Hart, when 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 the trade was made to bring him in, I just said, that's a Tibbs player like that is exactly what Tibbs wants in a player. And um, and so that fit has been so good and 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 really just kind of gives Tibbs another guy that he really relies on and that is going to just get into the gutter and fight you. And, and that's the more of those guys that Tibbs can have, the more that that team is going to acclimate to the way that he loves to do business and, and it's working out. Big big time. And uh, you saw Jalen Brunson out West last year, playing a secondary role to Luka Doncic. Now he has the ball in his hands. He's the guy here in New York, a a borderline all-star season. I thought he was an all-star, but you know, Mm -hmm. only 12 guys can make it, but has his performance, Surprised you at all? 
I mean, I'll, I'll say it's exceeded it a little bit um, because I, I I was always a huge Jalen Brunson fan. The way that he goes about his business, the how competitive and tough that he is. But you do sometimes wonder, like, how are players going to acclimate to a bigger role, to more responsibility, to a higher profile? And some guys are cut out for it and some are not. Jalen clearly is cut out for it. He wants all of the smoke and he wants all of the weight on his shoulders and he's been terrific for them. The other thing that it does make sense to me and it made sense for me uh, at the time when they acquired him was if you look at Tibbs history playing with a sort of undersized, but scoring mentality point guard has been his MO for a lot of what he's done, especially a lot of what he did in Chicago. Um, You know, Nate Robinson, uh, um, Aaron yeah, Brooks, Teague. DJ Augustine, Augustine, Jeff Teague. Like mm-hmm. he, he likes that type of a player. Now Jalen is clearly better than all of those guys. Um, and, and a higher level of that, but he fits sort of the profile of what Tibbs wants in that spot. And so, you know, I, the other kind of thing that, that you and I talked about, uh, a couple of years ago was how important Leon Rose and that front office was going to be for Tibbs in terms of getting him the guys that he wants to work with. And uh, Tibbs is a, is a system coach. Like he, he has his, his guys that he really wants. And he's not a guy that really wants to, I don't think adapt to uh, completely different players. Like you need to have the right mentality and the right, uh, skill set and the right sort of makeup to thrive in a Tibbs system and s- kind of gradually it feels like the Knicks have got the square peg in the square hole to kind of fit together here that way and Jalen is the number one thing I mean we all know his relationship with his with Tibbs with his father and like all of that stuff like all of that is tried and true so there's no amount of yelling or screaming or task mastering that Tibbs can do that's going to shake Jalen Brunson because he's seen that all and and I think that's really important in in the whole grander scheme of of their success for sure and you know we saw we know how important Jalen Brunson is for this team I mean even CP said it that he's, he was snubbed from the all-star game like mm-hmm. let's just keep it real but the other guy that's been playing well is Julius Randle and the last time you were on this show you know you noted how Tibbs didn't really have that foresight to see the Jimmy Butler issue coming along. And you, you needed that balance in the front office to make sure to quell those things before it blows up. Right. Mm-hmm. We kind of saw that last season with Julius Randle. Do you, do you see like, were you shocked to see that Julius Randle's coming back and playing so well because of Tibbs and the history with Jimmy out in Minnesota? Well, I do think Alex, it's a good point in terms of when you look at the infrastructure around Tibbs Tibbs is a coach that wants to like punch your time card, show up to work, put in your work, go home and let's just deal with basketball. It's, this is the business end of it. And I want you to be professional and, and go through it. When you are here, you're putting your work in We're we're playing, we're practicing, we're doing all that. And he's not a, a guy who is going to sit you down and say, Hey, Julius, how's everything at home or what are you going through mentally? Right. Like, how can I help you through that? That's not his forte or his strength um, to, to recognize those types of, uh, of situations. And so to have 
Leon Rose, to have World Wide West, to have that whole um, Knicks front office that I think is a little more in tune to the human side of this NBA equation and of this NBA life. That has to be a huge key in getting Julius Randle through the significant struggles of last year. I mean, you know, going at fans, clearly not being in it mentally and not being what he was as a player. And then to kind of come out on the other side of it and, and be a a great player this season, it's a testament to the, all the work the Knicks have done with him. And then Julius being able to do it himself. Like there are a lot of players who would have gone through last year and said, man, this ain't it. Get me the heck out of here. And I, I think that for Julius to say, I'm going to keep going with this um, is a huge uh, compliment to him and his character and his resolve. And so, yeah, I, I, but I, I would imagine, you know, not being from afar, but just with a guessing, like, I don't think it was a sit down and a heart to heart with Tibbs that sort of got him reconnected with whatever was not uh, happening inside of him. I would imagine it happened other ways and maybe Julius with his family or whoever confidants around him. Uh, but yeah, I, like, I think that that was the thing that was missing here in Minnesota was, was some sort of uh, person of authority that had the ability to recognize when things were not going well from a personal uh, you know, mental health standpoint of the team and being able to address that stuff and that it wasn't just basketball that that plagued whatever was ailing the Timberwolves and it wasn't just basketball that was plaguing Julius Randle and they got him through that and Julius got himself through that and I think that's that's a huge part of why the Knicks are where they are today. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that it wasn't Tibbs and it wasn't, shout out to our guy Ian Begley of SNY. He detailed how Johnny Bryant, the assistant coach who came from the Utah Jazz, went out to Dallas and was the one that had to sit down with him and said, is this the type of guy you want to be in the locker room? Would you want to be, you know, a teammate with yourself of how you were acting last season? And, you know, Julius had to look, do some soul searching. You know, he does this meditation before every game and he's been in a good mental spot and has really shown that he can turn it around once again in New York. Yeah. And, and, minutes- and, no, go I'm ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, I just say, and, and like that, that part, one thing about the way that Tibbs runs a staff is I do think that he wants a lot of control of sort of what happens on the court, X's and O's and, and, and strategy and those things. But I do think that he trusts his assistants to mm-hmm. reach out to players, to really engage them, um, and, and maybe to do some of the things that, that Tibbs isn't either as comfortable with or just, uh, you know, it, it doesn't do as well as, as a Johnny Bryant does um, as, you know, um, as some of his other assistants do. And, and so that it it takes some sort of level of uh, maybe self-actualization or, 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 or um, a lack of ego in in that way to say, okay, you, you handle this. I'm not going to be threatened by any relationship that develops between an assistant and a player because I trust everyone in this group that we're all in it for the right reasons. Absolutely. But getting on to Minnesota, John, how, how have you been feeling about your Timberwolves this season? Yeah. I mean, it's been a, a an up and down season. Um, you know, they, they started off really rocky with trying to incorporate Rudy Gobert, trying to figure out what the best way was to, to go about maximizing him and learning to play with him. Uh, then 
Carl Anthony Towns goes down around Thanksgiving and hasn't been back since. Hopefully he's close to, to coming back. Um, but they've just really kind of, you know, they'll win three, then they'll drop three. They'll, they'll, mm. they'll win two and drop two. It's been, they've hovered around 500 the whole way, which in the grand scheme of things, guys, is actually pretty impressive given that you have an all NBA player who's missed 50 games. Um, and they, and you're, they're still like afloat in the Western conference. And the reason they're afloat in the Western conference, there's two. I mean, one is Kyle Anderson has really been a, a glue guy, Swiss army knife type of a player who's, who's really stepped into cats, uh, power forward role and, and held it down there. And then Anthony Edwards has just become an absolute star. Like he is, uh, really ascended in year three to be a franchise player who's ready to lead. Uh, this team to big things. Now he's 21 years old, so he'll still have moments and, and and games where he does not play well and they have to fight through that. But in general, when you see what he's been able to do, um, he, he's the reason that th- this thing hasn't fallen completely off a cliff and that they are not scratching and clawing just to get into the play and that they're actually uh, hoping to eventually win a few, get on a little run here and get into the six seed. So um, you know, what Edwards has done uh, has been really impressive for a young guy, all-star injury replacement, that sort of thing, to just kind of hold down the fort while Towns has been out with that calf injury. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and there's no no question, Ant-Man is is definitely on the scene, man. 25 points per game, made the all-star team this year. He's having an outstanding season. Uh, based on the way he's playing, do you do you still view the, the Gobert trade favorably? Because they did mm-hmm. give up a lot of first-round picks, John. I mean, my personal opinion was that I, I just felt like it was too early for them to do that. Uh, I did like a play like a Vanderbilt, but as you said, a Kyle Anderson has kind of taken that spot. But I just felt like with all the draft capital they gave up, they should have been using that to continue to field build a roster uh, of talent of you know maybe two way players to help Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, but you know instead they they pulled the trigger on Gobert. So wh- where do you see it at this point? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I said this at the start uh, when they made the deal, and I, I still believe it. They, they certainly overpaid for Rudy Gobert. They, they gave too many assets, and you know, to see what Walker Kessler has become in, in Utah, it, it has not helped that trade. Um, no one expected him to be as good as he's been, um, but certainly that you know that that makes you think twice about it. Um, the reasons that they made the trade were were a couple. One is that they felt that. Uh, they were a rim protector rebounder away from beating Memphis last year and really making some noise in the playoffs. And they saw Rudy Gobert as a super souped up Jared Vanderbilt. Um, and so they brought him in there. They felt that Carl Anthony Towns is entering his full prime. And so they wanted to maximize Towns's window. And then the, finally, they thought that Gobert would give them a, a higher floor so that playoffs were going to happen and that um, what they wanted maybe more than anything was that Anthony Edwards needs to be playing meaningful basketball early in his career. You know, they had towns early in his career where they were not in the playoffs. And I think it was damaging to his development. Kevin Love never in the playoffs. It was damaging to his development. They didn't want that to happen with Anthony Edwards. They want him in, in the playoffs. And, and even if you're not, going to be a team that wins three rounds right away. They want him to be soaking up that experience. They're, they're not firmly in yet, but they believe that had they stayed pat last year, held on to their assets, that they would have actually um, taken a step back and maybe not even made the playoffs this year. And so mm-hmm. that's why they went for Rudy Gobert. So I understand the logic behind it. And Rudy has played much better since the middle of January. He's really kind of starting to look a little bit more like the Rudy Gobert that we saw in Utah. Um, but still, you can definitely look at it and say um, they, they paid too much. And, and so now it's all about how do they go forward and make it not super damaging. And, and really, if they can kind of put some things together and get the right matchup in the first round in the playoffs, maybe you get out of the plane and you, and you make the playoffs, I don't think that there's a team above them outside of Phoenix that really scares them in that, in a first round matchup. You know, if you're looking at Denver, if you're looking at Sacramento, if you're looking at Memphis somewhere in that, you know, six, seven range, uh, two, three, like they would feel good about that. And then anything could happen. And then maybe the trade looks a little bit better going forward, but they have gone, gone through a lot of growing pains with it that they did not anticipate. And, um, and, and so it has not, panned out the way that they wanted to. That's, that's the fair way to put it right now. So now, you know, looking in this matchup, right, and, and the Timberwolves fighting for this playoff position, you know, there's a key matchup that I got to look at because this guy <laughs> likes to go back and forth with our guy R.J. Barrett. It's mm-hmm. none other than Ant-Man himself. So, you know, you talked about Ant-Man just becoming, taking a next step in his development. R.J., on the other hand, he's had his moments where he's taken a step back Although more recently, he started to have a little bit more consistent play, especially when it comes to getting downhill. His defense is starting to take a tick up. He's not just allowing guys to to get past him and attack the rim easily or just losing him, just getting lost on rotations. So what do you think about this matchup between the the Wolves and and the Knicks, where it's the RJ and Ant-Man show? Yeah, Plus, I mean, you know, you got the, the subtweets as well. Yeah, right, exactly. I think like a little spice on top of a, 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 of a matchup like this is fun. And so... Um, it will, I, I want to see how RJ comes out because I'm sure that he's going to be motivated, right? I'm sure that he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder. And I can tell you, I don't think Ant 
even realizes or cares about that. Like he made one comment about it. And like, I, I don't think that that's sitting on him at all, but, um, but I do think that Ed, Edwards has Edwards believes he's the best player on the court every time that he steps on the court. And there are times, there are days where he's right. And then there are days where he's not. And so um, if he has it going the way that he can, I mean, he's the better player. And so that should work out well in the, in the wolves favor. Um, but it, I, one thing that I really like about what Edwards has done lately is yeah, he's scoring a lot and that's great, but you're seeing the assist totals tick up. You're seeing the rebounds tick up and defensively he is a top flight defender when he really locks in. And so um, there are very few guys in the league who are true, like two way guys. You're really good on offense. You're really good on defense. And Edwards has the capability of doing that uh, when he is really fully locked in. He's, they're going to have a day off before they, before they play uh, the Knicks. It's Madison Square Garden. It's New York. Edwards likes the big lights. Um, he likes the big stage. And so I think he'll be ready for it. Um, to me, like, this is going to be much more about like the complementary pieces around Edwards and how they play and really how the Knicks play as a group to see who comes out on this. Cause I would be surprised if you know, the game is over on Monday night and you look at it and say, man, just Barrett just outplayed Edwards. And that was the key to the win here. And once again, yeah. we're talking to John Krasinski who covers the Timberwolves for the athletic. This is our game of the week preview. Al, go ahead with, with, uh, with your point. Yeah, my, my, my next question is, you know, who's going to stop Julius? Because you don't have Carl Anthony Towns out there. You know, you got Kyle Anderson, you got McDaniels. So that's, that's a matchup I'm looking at for, for Randall to kind of expose in this game. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and Julius played really well uh, at, at Target Center earlier this season, hit a bunch of threes and, and was really key in the Knicks win there. Um, and so that is going to be a big, a big issue for what the Wolves do. I think typically you'll see Jaden McDaniels, maybe he'll be on – you know, one of the guards, um, you know, Barrett or Brunson, or if is Brunson going to play? I, it, TBD. We, TBD. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, so if Brunson is out there, I would imagine that McDaniels is going to, is going to guard him because McDaniels usually gets the best perimeter wing player, no matter who it is. Um, so what do they do defensively against Randall? They have a couple of options. Anderson is actually pretty solid defensively, but he's not going to be out there all the time. He's he, he, they like to keep him around 30 minutes or a little less if possible. And so um, I think you will see uh, Rudy Gobert on him every once in a while. Um, I think that maybe McDaniels will get switches on him and things and, and, and try and use his length to bother him a little bit. But, but Randall's combination of shooting and physicality are going to be an issue for the wolves and for how they attack it. And, um, you know, Nas Reed is their backup center and he is a really good offensive player, but defensively is not really kind of a stopper. And so this could quickly devolve into, um, a, 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 a kind of a scoring contest and, 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 and trying to match bucket for bucket with Julius Randall. And, and so I think the wolves are going to kind of have to hope that, that Randall three isn't fallen like it was in Minnesota, because when that happens, there's really not a whole lot you can do with him. Yeah, John, offensively, I mean, this Minnesota team is, is ranked 25th in offense, um, but they're number three in first quarter points. You know, a- outside of Edwards, where do you see the strength lies in this Minnesota offense that, that could give the Knicks a little bit of trouble? 
Yeah, so they're, they're, they run hot and cold, CP, in terms of like Edwards is always going to give you scoring. It's just a matter of do the other guys around him knock down shots? Does Mike Conley hit his threes? Does Jaden McDaniels get moving and get rolling? Like McDaniels is known as a defensive player, but has shown more and more offensive capability, not just catch and shoot, but kind of cutting, getting to the basket, scoring in the mid range. So if he can kind of be aggressive offensively and knock things down, he can make things difficult for opposing um, uh, defenses. And then, but really like where the wolves have been sink or swim lately offensively is when Edwards goes to the bench and where do they get offense? And there are times when a Nikhil Alexander Walker will come off the bench and hit a bunch of threes and like then and then things go well. And then there are times when uh, the bench really struggles when Nasri doesn't have it going that night and they really have a hard time of bridging the gaps while Edwards is off the floor. Previously, before the trade deadline, they had D'Angelo Russell to kind of come in and, and bridge those gaps and, and be the shooter, be the scorer and the focal point with a second unit. Um, but he's been gone and Carl Anthony Towns has not yet been back. And that's what they really need Towns back for more than anything. What they really miss with having their guy out is that second scorer that is a, just a consistent guy that you can really rely on. So um, really it comes down to do the role players have it going that night and 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 they're clicking because when they do against Atlanta, against Sacramento, we've seen it against Utah, a few other teams. Then they they really are a difficult matchup, and and they really move the ball well, share it, get up and down, and 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 get easy buckets. But when the shooting dries up a little bit, that's when it really becomes a grind for the Wolves, and they really have sometimes have a hard time keeping up against teams with more balanced scoring attacks that can throw more of it at, at you in waves. What, what does uh, stick out to me is, is on the defensive end, you know, number mm-hmm. 10 defense in the league right now. And when you look at Edwards, who you talked about his defense, a McDaniels who has that wingspan and, and a Kyle Anderson with the go bear. It's a lot of wingspan out there on the defensive end. They're top 10 in steals mm-hmm. and blocks of uh, Jalen Brunson doesn't play. I think that's one key area for the Knicks. They got to take care of the ball. Well, it seems like it's Minnesota Timberwolves will make you pay there. Yeah, they, they definitely create a lot of turnovers um, and they, they are aggressive. The tandem of Edwards and McDaniels guarding perimeter guys is as good as any defense in the league. I really believe that maybe Boston might 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 uh, might be a little bit ahead of them. But McDaniels, I think, is the best perimeter defender in the league. He can guard, you know, one, two, three, four um, and 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 really kind of he's so versatile that way. He really makes things tough on guys like Luca, guys like Harden, um, that are, that are really difficult matchups. Um, and you know, he just, uh, McDaniels just really made life miserable for Kawhi, who's been just tearing the league apart, um, a couple of weeks ago when they were out in LA. And so to have that combination at the point of attack with Edwards and McDaniels, and then you have Gobert behind them, who is really starting to assert himself more defensively and be more confident in where everyone is going to be uh there this is a Timberwolves team that their identity lies on the defensive end of the floor like they are much more inconsistent offensively but defensively they are usually going to fight you and make things difficult for you and create turnovers and block shots and and do things that way and so uh they have started to try to hang their hat on that end of the floor um and 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 really 
you know, kind of do things that way to, to fluster opponents and, and, and get into them. Um, and then you have, you know, Nikhil Oxon Walker is a, is, is a good piece coming off the bench. Mike Conley navigates screens really well, even at 35 years old and, and does things a little bit differently than Russell did in terms of, uh, defensively. And so they're, they're really well suited to match up against a lot of teams, um, from, from a defensive standpoint. And that's where they've, they've tried to make their hay since they, they made the move, uh, and put D'Angelo Russell out in LA and, and, and lost some of that scoring. Now, one area I think the Knicks could have the upper hand is in the rebounding matchup. You know, mm. Minnesota, not an overly good uh, rebounding team, especially on the defensive boards. Knicks at the top of the league in second chance points, offensive rebounding percentage. When you look at Mitchell Robinson and what Josh Hart has been able to do out there, Emmanuel quickly a good rebounding guard. I think that could be an area where the Knicks might have an advantage in terms of getting those second chance opportunities is off of the glass. A hundred percent. Yeah. They, the Wolves have gotten eaten alive on the offensive glass for much of the season. I think they have made a more concerted effort lately to kind of try to crash the defensive glass and not worry about as, as much about getting out in transition and scoring um, off of stops that way. But uh, just in the Boston game, they, they lost at the end of the game. One of the reasons is they gave up an offensive rebound to Grant Williams uh, in a critical spot. Um, so yeah, guys like Randall, guys like Hart, just hard-nosed, tough dudes that crash the offensive glass always give the Timberwolves problems. And so even on a night maybe where the Knicks aren't knocking down every three, you're probably going to see them get a lot more chances and take a lot more shots, provided they are not turning the ball over a lot to even out that a little bit. As long as they bring their hard hats, which they do most nights, you can outwork the Timberwolves on the glass and, um, and really make life difficult for them with the second chances, especially from the guards mm. CP. If your guards are crashing and scoring that and, and, and grabbing offensive rebounds, that has been a weakness um, for the Timberwolves all season long, not necessarily the ones right at the rim, which there have been some, but it's those, it's those long rebounds that fall kind of in the no man's land in between the three point line and the paint that the wolves consistently have a difficult time tracking down and, and, and lead to, you know, Grab it, quick kick out, three pointer, and then and then your your hemorrhaging points. And John, you know, you mentioned guards with good rebounding prowess, and I look at the battle of the benches right now because we got two of the best rebounding guards on this team with Josh Hart, and I also look at Emmanuel quickly as well, who's been, I think, just you know, he's kind of under the radar for how good of a rebounding guard he is, considering his size. You know, I think his wingspan definitely helps with that, and he just has a knack for finding the ball after it hits the rim. But I'm going to get the battle of the benches, and I look at this as an advantage for the Knicks just because Josh Hart is a guy who has added a lot when it comes to transition scoring. You know, he's helped Obi Toppin a little bit to get find rhythm in his game. And then with Emmanuel quickly, his shooting and how he just has evolved as a point guard for the second unit, even though we don't know if Bruns is going to be starting, if he is playing with that second unit, that's a guy they're going to have to watch for against Minnesota. Yeah, I do think it's a definite advantage for the Knicks. Al, I mean, um, the 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 Wolves bench when they are rolling is really good. When Nasrid is knocking down threes and 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 kind of crossing over and getting to the lane and getting to the cup. When Jordan McLaughlin is pushing the pace and and flinging the ball all over the place and finding open shooters. When Alexander Walker is knocking down threes. Um, they can be an an effective second unit, and we've seen them do it, but they are very inconsistent. And so, um, I, I I have a fe- I have a feeling that the Knicks 
can rely on their second unit a little bit more um, and not kind of just cross your fingers and hope that it's a night uh, where, where, where things are going to go well that way, where I think the wolves are more of like, uh, geez, I hope tonight is a night where, where the, that second unit is clicking. Cause when they, when they are, um, Nas Reed's a really difficult matchup, uh, from an offensive standpoint, when he is, when he is in the flow, uh, when, when they are kicking out and hitting open threes, like that makes them really hard to deal with, but it's just been really up and down for them, uh, from a second unit standpoint. And so I would absolutely give the Knicks the edge just in terms of consistency, reliability, and kind of toughness coming up, coming with that second unit. Uh, the, the Knicks have a lot more of that than, uh, than the Wolves do right now, for sure. And I agree with that, especially when you look at the last two games between the Lakers and the Trailblazers. It was really the on the backs of the second unit that helped the Knicks win those games. And we're having Hartenstein, who's playing better defense than what he did at the beginning of the season. As I mentioned, Obi Toppin is finding some rhythm now, now that Josh Hart is here. Josh Hart is just, I mean, it's in his last name. He really is the heart of the bench at this point. And then even with McBride, who's been out there, who's a catalyst, you know, he offers defense if a man quickly still going to be the starting guard. But John, to get you out of here, what are you, what are you, what is your final score prediction for this game? Oh boy. Um, I, so I, I don't like the matchup for the wolves in general. This is the third game of a three game road trip. They have been playing better on the road than they have been at home um, for, for quite a while now. And it is a team that does sort of like to rise to the occasion for big games. And this you know, now the Knicks, I mean, you guys are a big game now. And it, 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 it's kind of cool to see, you know, the Knicks in a place where you have to worry about them and, and they are actually not just a pushover anymore. And, and so this does constitute, I think, a, an opportunity for the Wolves to come in and try and make some sort of statement. And they usually do like to, uh, they usually respond well to those situations. But um, I, I would say, I'm going to say Knicks, 114 wolves 106 um i i do think that it's going to be a game that uh will be close for most of it um i think that the wolves can really uh take advantage of a couple of uh, of of matchup advantages and 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 kind of keep this thing close but i think the Knicks are just playing really really well right now and are really tough and um and i don't know that the wolves are going to have enough offense to keep up and and to just kind of bridge those gaps when when Ant needs a break or um, just just when things slow down. So I think the Knicks will, will, will win the game, uh, but it should be a a pretty fun one to watch from from start to finish. Oh man, you know, like <laughs> I feel like every time we have a guest that comes on here that chooses the Knicks, it usually doesn't end out too well. But <laughs> I appreciate the respect, John. I really hey man, you guys it. have won a lot of games this year. <laughs> I mean, I I would say it has to work out quite a lot for you guys right now. So CP, what do you got? Uh, give me 120 to 115. I, 120 I think Ant-Man puts on a show at MSG, but uh, not enough. I think I think 120 to 115. Looking forward to the, the to the Robinson-Gobert matchup. Um, you know, how the Knicks handle Edwards, who wins the rebounding battle, battle of the benches. I, I think it'll be fun, but I'll give the Knicks a five-point edge there. Yeah, I'm going to go 116. 110 Knicks. I feel like it'll be a little bit more on the defensive end, even with a high scoring game in today's NBA. But uh, I agree with UCP. I think Ant Man's going to put on a show. Everyone likes to put on a show at MSG. But Knicks are going to edge this one out. Absolutely, man. Well, John, we, we definitely appreciate the time. 
Always look forward to these conversations with you, man. Good luck to the Timberwolves this season, and hopefully we can do this again next year. Absolutely. Great to be back with you guys. Thanks for having me, and uh, you know, enjoy this because it's, uh, it's awesome to see the Knicks and, and that building rocking again. It's good for the NBA. Absolutely, man. Thanks again.